0: Let's do it. Welcome back to Confident AF, confident as fuck, all the things. Thank you so much for listening. I am here with my friend Emily today, and I am so excited because Emily is a confidence coach, but also she works in the church, correct? Let me make sure I'm saying that right. Okay. Yeah. So everybody welcome Emily. So excited to have her on. We met online And I was really struck by her messaging because she talks a lot about how being confident sometimes is resisted in the church space, right? So um, a traditional church space is what we're talking about here. So I'm really excited to dive in and talk about how can we be confident, but still live in God's image. For anyone that's listening and you're like, I want to turn this off because I don't believe in God or whatever, just replace God with anything that you feel we're all talking um, just about being confident and still like touching on that humble piece, I think is what we're going to touch on a lot. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Hey, Alicia. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited.
0: Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited too. Um, Let's start with, tell us in your words, what do you do?
1: (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So I call myself a worthiness coach. I'm also a podcaster. What is born from my own story is how i coach and uh how i look at the world is when we're trying to prove who we are or we're trying to prove that we're good enough it leaves us exhausted it leaves us striving And not very confident because we're always trying to measure up. or like, are we good enough? Or are we doing enough? Who are we? You know, in different contexts, we change who we are and um, it destroys our confidence. It destroys thriving when we're just trying to be good enough. So when we learn to own our worth, that we're already worthy, that we don't have anything to prove, we can then be confident in who we are uh, rather than trying to fit in. Um, So what I get to help women do is untangle some of the messages that we've been given that have made us feel like we have to measure up to something or prove something. And you mentioned church, like a big piece of my story was growing up in church that told me exactly what to believe, what to think, how to dress, how to speak. You know, like there was definitely a mold to like try to conform to in order to be accepted by God and by people. And I was desperate for that belonging. And I tried really, really hard to fit in and to just be good enough. And when I understood God's unconditional love for me, when I did get rejected by the community, I spent my whole life trying to be accepted by people that loved me and valued me and saw worth in me that I didn't see in me. Man, that changed my life. So I get to be that person for people. Um, so I think that was a roundabout way of saying it all, but um, uh, I get to help you own your worthiness so that you can confidently be yourself.
0: I love that you touch on worthiness so much. And I apologize. So, not confidence coach, worthiness coach.
1: You're I good, love it. You're good.
0: Um, but worthiness has so much to do with our confidence, like you touched on. And I love that you touched on. Not only that you were looking for worthiness from God, but you were also looking for worthiness from people within the community and just people in general, but mm-hmm. I'm like I can so totally resonate with that, and I know a lot of people probably listening can resonate with that as well. A lot of the women that I talk to, the reason that they're in the work they're in now is because of how they grew up and not being accepted or maybe not even not being accepted, but the perception that we may not be accepted if we veer from whatever mm. we're whatever we're brought up in. So, I love that you touched on both of those things. Um worthiness is such a huge part of my work as well, so I'm so excited to talk about it. And yeah. Yeah, let's uh dive into a weekly favor real quick and then we'll get into the good stuff. So, are you loving anything
1: this week? Oh my goodness. Uh there's a song that's on repeat. Um Speechless by Naomi. Oh my goodness, I can't remember her last name, but it's on from Aladdin ooh have you listened to that? no okay well it, I've been it's been on repeat now for a week um well it's been on repeat longer than that but really <laughs> this week I've been playing it so much she just talks about um how when they're trying she's gonna breathe when they try to suffocate her she's not going to be quiet she's not going to stand down she's um not gonna go speechless if even if they are going to, I'll remove her from her position or push her out. She is going to use her voice and be bold about it.
0: I love that. You know what's so awesome is when like Disney movies resonate with our adult life.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like,
0: Wait, hold on. There's a way deeper message in this and I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's it, as I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about Aladdin and I'm like, oh my God, there's such a huge message in Aladdin about standing up for what you believe in or not being quiet or doing what you're told to do. And kind of that like rebellious princess, you know, I love that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And even Aladdin, like mm-hmm. he had to be okay with being who he really was. Right. You know, rather than he thought she wanted a different version too of person. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's such a good piece about like fitting, trying to fit in or fit the mold or fit what we think people want of us and really just living, like you said, living our most empowered self is what you said on your um, podcast questionnaire. is like living your full bodied, embodied, full bodied self, excuse me, mm-hmm. is so powerful. And yeah, it's like so hard. I wish I've been saying this recently. It's like, I wish I could give someone like just the smallest, like little taste of that and let them understand how powerful and how good that feels because I spent so long not doing that. And so, yeah, if we could just give like a little tiny little taste, I feel like that might be my life's mission is like, just let me give you a little taste of what this feels like. And then as soon as you start to uncover it in yourself, it's like tenfold.
1: Absolutely. That would be yeah. beautiful.
0: Yes. Um. So speaking of weekly faves and confidence, do you have anything that you did this week that made you feel confident?
1: Oh, man. uh
0: or worthy. We can change. Yeah.
1: Within the last week, something that made me feel confident. I made, I did, I made some scary phone calls this week. Um, and also put myself out there in fun ways. I had, I was flying, uh, home last week and I had some really cool conversations with people that I met. I'm, I'm the weirdo in the airport. If you make eye contact, we will be friends. Oh, that's such Uh, an
0: awkward place too. Like the airport, we were just in the airport too. And I'm like, everyone here is so anxious. Like everyone here is level anxiety 100. Like everyone gets anxious in the airport. So I love that you're breaking that down. I know,
1: I'm just like, chill if you make eye contact. Anyway, it was really fun because I pitched myself um, to a couple of people that I met and I was like, hey, you have this thing coming up if you're still looking for a speaker and that is just really cool when we own that and are confident in it, it gives us more confidence. It's kind of like what you were saying. If we can just get a taste of it, I think it works on a daily level too. If we can get a taste of what that feels like daily, we're like, oh yeah, this is the sweet spot. This is where I want to operate. I'm not letting fear or what ifs rule this. I'm, I'm going to take charge.
0: Yeah. And like, once we do it, it's not as scary as we think. Like once we make that pitch or we, you know, reach out to that potential client or a potential speaking gig and like maybe they say no, but like the act of doing it isn't as scary as we thought. Mm -hmm. It's like that anticipation fear that traps us so often. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's get in to your work. So give us kind of a background on how you got started. I want to know like you mentioned obviously how you grew up Mm -hmm. a little bit, but I want to also talk about that kind of like, to me feels like a gap of like, what took you from finding that acceptance and realizing breaking away from your uh, original community and then going all the way into a worthiness space, like bridge those gaps for us. If you
1: can. Mm, Absolutely. So how I got started originally I started understanding the gospel for more than just like fire insurance and hell and like all of that. It I understood it more for like God's unconditional love, and I started explaining that to other people. And I remember explaining it to a teenager, and watching her eyes like light up during the conversation as she was grasping, like she didn't have anything extra that she needed to do to add to her worth or her lovableness. And that was so inspiring. That was like that first moment. I want to do more of that. I want to see more people's eyes light up when they get this. So I think it's been just a journey. It's been a personal journey of like going from believing that I'm literally not enough, that I am not enough, that I am a worm, that I am broken, that I am awful and horrible. And that's what I should focus on because that's the only way to make you know, God get any glory or whatever. So talk about how horrible I am. So going from that, like you say, to I'm worthy and I'm going to help other people be worthy was I think just so many questions of my own. Like, is this okay? Is it okay to say I'm enough? Is it okay to say I'm worthy? And as we, as we navigate lots of questions to me, it comes back a lot to who am I and who is God? Like, what is the character of who God is? Like, does he want me small? I I literally wrote a statement at a retreat last year, Alicia, because this has been a process. I wrote a statement that was like, it was like the big thing for me that weekend was I break off making holy being small. I break off glorifying the struggle as if I were better because I was struggling. And we have this, I don't know, it's toxic. It's a toxicity to believe that we have to be small in order to be good. And it's hurting us so much. And where it breaks my heart a lot is when we believe that God signed off on that. Like, as if God was like, here, I made you to be small. I want you to play, you know, to your weaknesses. I want you to just feel Like you can't do anything, and that he doesn't, that's not who he is. So, there was a lot of discovery like, who is God? What does he say about me? What does he actually want for us? And he wants to empower us, he wants us to be motivated by love and not fear and guilt and shame.
0: Okay, so I want to dive into like, where do you think that comes from? That feeling of God wants us to play small or that we have to be struggling. In order to be good. Where does that Mm -hmm. come from, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of legit glorifying of it in our church spaces of like, oh, look at so and so they're struggling, or look at missionaries who have given up so much, and that's the only way to be in God's will. Or um we get a lot of that messaging specifically about women, like don't be too loud, don't be too, you know, don't be too much because we don't want to step over the line of letting men lead or letting, you know, other people be front stage so then we get the idea that it is better for us to be quiet, for us to be small and we have a misunderstanding, you mentioned humility earlier. We have a misunderstanding about humility and meekness. Humility is knowing our power, knowing how powerful you are, how empowered God has made you because he's placed his power and the power of his love flows to you to flow out of you. Like when we can understand that, then we can operate in humility. But if we are downplaying who we are and that we have been created in the image of God, and that we are daughters of the King, when we, when we downplay that and just fake humility or beat ourselves up as if that's supposed to make us holy, like talking down to ourselves and others, like we are not operating in that power. So humility is like power under control is one we have heard it described. And that is the sweet spot is when we know who we are and we operate in it. Then we don't have anything to prove. Then our ego doesn't have to show up and be like, yeah, I'm somebody like, no, nobody needs that. Nobody needs us to be like, look at me. Hey, look at me. It's like that quiet confidence that even if we aren't the one leading from the front of the room, though, there's so much room for that. But even if we're not leading from the front of the room, there's an, I don't know, an aura, a presence of your confidence and worthiness and power on you.
0: I have so much. I want to say on this. Um, uh, okay. do it. Well, I love it because you mentioned so many different things. So quiet confidence. I talk about that a lot too, is that like going in these different levels of confidence in my own confidence journey. Like I think, uh, my friend and I were talking about this, this weekend is that like, when we first start to become confident or assertive, we're like, Oh, that means I have to let these people know or I have to stand up for myself and I have to be it almost comes off like you don't know how to do it so it almost comes off um like bitchy but confidence really is very quiet like what is that saying where they're like oh I I move in the big people move in silence or something like that but
1: Mm. quiet
0: confidence really is like the top to me at the top level of confidence is when we're just doing our thing we don't have to prove it we don't have to use our ego like you said. So I love that. And you said humble, what was the phrase that you used um, to describe humbleness?
1: Power under control.
0: Power under control. So good. So good. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is like, I grew up in the church as well. So um, there's a story that I always think of when I'm like trying to downplay myself. And I always think of that story where, um, and I'm going to probably butcher this story because it's been a long time since i've heard it but god gives that or the father gives out talents which talents i guess was like a coin or money right Mm -hmm. but if we take it in the paraphrasing it to um modern day language right god's giving these different talents one son and you can correct me because i might be putting two stories together but i think what happens is he has two sons. He gives them the same amount of talents, but then one son like squanders it away. The other son is like diligent, saves his money, invests well, whatever, does well with his money. The second son squanders it away, leaves the dad, comes back and is like, oh, I think the other son actually buries it or something. Anyways, I think he buries the talent. Am I right there?
1: Yeah. I think you're mixing two stories. Am I? On. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm curious where you're taking it. Well, so keep going.
0: okay. Let's. Let's just say that that was the story. (laughs) Um, I always think of Mm -hmm. that because I had somebody one time in probably like a youth group or something explain to me that like the way that story can be related now is that God wants us to use our talents to the best of our ability. And that's kind of what you're talking about is raising ourselves up to be our most empowered self. And we don't have to do certain things like you were talking about missionary work giving up everything like that is so, so amazing. And every time that I have, we have like missionaries coming to our church, I'm like, "Ah, maybe I should be doing that. Or like, maybe I should be doing more. But then I have to remind myself, like my talent and my way of being my most empowered self is showing up online, showing other women that you can be confident. Like that is me. So it doesn't have to look a certain way. So now that I gave you my mixed up story, correct my story and tell me, tell me what story it actually is.
1: Yeah. So the, the story of the talents, I think you had a little bit of prodigal son in there too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the story of the talents he gives, I, um, I think there's different accounts, but in one account there's. He gives one person, 10 talents, one person, five talents, and one person, one talent. And the person with 10 talents, like goes out and invests it, like you said, and is like wise with it. The first, the second person with five goes out and invests it and does good things with it. And the first person or the, like the third person with just one talent is so nervous to use it and so nervous to lose it and to not use it the right way that he just buries it. and. I definitely had those
0: two stories mixed up, but for me, it worked.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it works. Um, So when we bury that one talent, because we're afraid of using it wrong, we're afraid of losing it. We're doing ourselves a disservice too, where we are missing out on the opportunities that are in front of us. Even if even if you're listening to this guys and you're like, Alicia is so confident, Emily, I can't believe like you're a confidence coach or you're a worthiness coach and all of these things. And you're thinking, who am I? Like, maybe you have one talent. Maybe you have like a gift and I'm not like saying that is That's not small. That's a big deal. And we need you to use your one talent or whatever privilege or opportunities that you're given and you can shape the world around you. And there's a lot of, there's a lot that can be done from a a platform, right? We can impact lots of people through podcasting or speaking, but there is, so much that can be done on a heart level. If you use that talent and use that with so much confidence, knowing that you're enough, whether or not you have a stage, you're enough, whether or not you have a podcast. And it, the same goes for Alicia and me here. Like if we lose our podcast, if somehow the internet crashes, we can't have our identity tied to that. We are confident women of God, the way that we are in our local communities too. So whatever calling each of us has, there's so many modalities to do that right with the people like within arm's reach of us.
0: Totally. Hello, Queens. It's me coming in to interrupt this podcast episode. Since we are talking a lot about worthiness, I wanted to offer you guys the worthiness masterclass that I am hosting this Thursday, March 30th at 6 p.m. PST. It is completely free. It is called Worthy As Fuck. If you are someone who feels like you keep repeating the same cycle over and over, week after week, if you feel like you are always running, running, running and you're never getting to your destination, my hand is raised right now because that was me until I really tapped into my own worthiness, leaning on my own understanding and really taking my opinion as number one and not relying on outside validation, this is the masterclass for you. We are going to dive into all these things and more in this 90 minutes. In this 90-minute masterclass, I am going to teach you how to create worthiness in your own life so that you can start taking action from a place of clarity. We are teaching you how to unwrite the story, release the story that you've had for a very long time, and create a new story based on clarity and based on Your ultimate worthiness. Again, this masterclass is 100% free. It's 90 minutes. It is going to be linked down below for you guys in the show notes. It is this Thursday, so make sure that you register. 6 p.m. PST. If you can't come to the live version, of course, it's going to be sent out afterwards, so you can still get all the access to all the amazing content that is going to be in there. I cannot wait to see you, ladies, there. And now back to the episode. Totally agree with that. I could not agree more. I was speaking. Um, to my husband yesterday about a friend who also has a podcast. um, And she was, well, I guess I can say her name because she talked about this on the podcast, but my friend Eden, I was on her podcast. She also was on her episode release this week. And she was saying on her podcast that she was saying like, um, that I was such an expander for her. And just by having our conversation, her being on my podcast and just the way I was showing up and I listened to that and I was telling my husband like, oh my God, like how amazing is this? Not because she shouted me out on the podcast. Like it would have been the same if she came and told me, you know, in a message, but the way that just me being me allowed her to be more of her Mm. and how amazing that is. And I was saying that it doesn't matter about the podcast. It doesn't matter about if it's on social media because that could have happened just in daily life. And I'm sure it does happen in daily life. um, Not just with me, but with anybody else who's listening to this is you can affect someone just by being, you can affect someone else's life and allow them to be more of them. Mm -hmm. And that is so freaking powerful.
1: Yeah, it is. When we stop living with limits, we think we're going to hurt people somehow. And I teaching a class as of the day that we're recording this, I'm teaching a class this afternoon on self-love. And I was just thinking about this. We think we're going to hurt other people by being ourselves. We think we're hurting other people when we prioritize our own needs. Like we have it like backwards when we prioritize our own needs, when we're bold in our limits, when we're bold in our capabilities and who we are, other people, we're giving them permission, whether we realize it or not, to be that too.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. That's um, a question I commonly get asked when podcast guests come over to my house. Cause my studio is in my house. Um, there's a lot of pink in my house and then they're just not only in the podcast room, but just in my house in general. And, um, uh, people always ask me like, how does your husband like feel about this? Like, does he care like about like the pink stuff or, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's obviously not this room. Like it's a little toned down. Um, but They're always asking me, I want, like, I've had multiple people ask me or even say, my husband will never go for this. Like my husband would not allow me, you know, to have like a pink spatula and a pink pan, you know, and people always ask me what he thinks of it. And I always say he doesn't care because me being fully expressed as me is like the best thing for him. It allows me to be a better wife. It allows me to be in a better mood. Like it allows me to just be me. And so that's ultimate joy for your partner. Like how exciting if your partner is just living out their dream and doing their thing and, you know, fully expressed as them, how exciting for you as a partner, because Mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God, look at them go. Like, yes, you know, it's, it's so awesome. So I think that speaks to what you're saying is the bigger that we show up. The more us, and the more room that we take up, just by being us, we have it totally backwards. That that doesn't hurt people; it actually allows them to be more of them. We don't have to be worrying about each other's feelings or worrying like, "Am I stepping over your toes? Am I taking up too much space in this convo?" Like, it just it seamlessly Mm -hmm. works if both people can be on that level.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think we accidentally live with a lot of resentment that we're not even communicating because we don't even, when we don't allow ourselves to be authentic and real, we can end up with resentment towards maybe that spouse who is like, oh no, no, we can't do pink in this room. We can't do or whatever. Like then we end up bottling up this like disgruntled feeling towards them. Without even recognizing it because we aren't asking for what we need and what we want and what would actually bring us a lot of pleasure and joy
0: yes and I love the point about asking for what we need because this recently happened is I had to ask for something that I needed which was actually kind of out of line what I asked for but you know whatever <laughs> it's what I needed and um the person has the ability to say no and that's exactly what he said. I did not like it. Of course. I was like, why can't you give me what I need? But the point wasn't that he was going to say yes or no. The point was me asking and saying, I need this. I need you to reassure me on this. I need your support here. And he was like, I can't do that. Like, I can't, I'm sorry. Like I'm, you know, I'm full to the gills. Like, here's what I can give you, but to, to do that, I can't. And that is also really beautiful. Right. Because it was a huge piece of growth where I was like, okay, well, you I guess you got to give that to yourself and that's okay. And like I said, as I came to realize I was a little out of line with that one. But um, I mean, if we can ask for what we need, the person can tell us honestly, yes or no. Like how beautiful is that? It's
1: Mm -hmm. good. Right. It's so much better than bottling it in and then it comes out as like rage or it comes Mm -hmm. out as anger, comes out as like going inward and like um like closing ourselves off from other people. And I love what you said about we still have the power to say no. It's not like we're demanding anything. Yeah.
0: We're, we're asking.
1: <laughs> right. And other people can ask of us then. It creates the opportunity for everybody to ask for what they need when we live with the assumption that we can say yes or no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. So You said that you were brought up in the church, in a specific community. Um, If you want to tell us who that is or what that is, you can, but I don't think it's really that relevant. Um, But I want to know what's the difference of the church that you're in growing up or the community that you are in growing up versus where you are now. And because the way that you talk about it now is so stark contrast to the way you talk about the way you grew up. So what is the difference there? Mm.
1: My eyes lit up when you asked that question, uh, but I will preface this. Like this was not an easy transition. This was not easy to navigate by any means. So the, the church context I grew up in, if anybody, um, relates, it was an independent fundamental Baptist church, um, with an, with some crazy doctrine and weird stuff thrown in there too. Uh, and one of the chief characteristics of it was we were right. And everyone else was wrong. So our church was the only one that was right. Our pastor was the only one worth following. And if we left, it was like, your family is going to hell in a basket. Like everybody's falling apart. If you leave this sacred, blessed place, like this is the only place. A lot of pressure. Yeah. And to, to believe that that's the only right way to believe creates Um, an inability to ask questions or to like discover. So burying a lot of questions, burying anything that uh, didn't line up. I will tell you, I did not start my business because of that belief of who I was supposed to be as a wife and a mom. And I felt like that belief was selfish, which is hilarious now because look at the women who are getting breakthrough because I'm stepping into my gifts right? Was it the same business? Yeah. That you wanted to start? Wow. interesting. But I didn't know what business at the time. I just knew I was something supposed to do something. There was like this tug and I put it off because it was like selfish. I prayed about it. I cried and was like, God, take this away. It's like this sinful thing. So it took a lot for me to be willing. And I know your husband's been a cheerleader for you too, but um, I finally, after years of wrestling with this, It, you know, it cropped back up and cyclically. And I finally said something to my husband. Somehow I had never mentioned this to him before. And he, I said, Hey, I kind of had this idea. And immediately he was like championing it. He prayed over it and was like, God, give us the vision for what this is supposed to be. And like six months, less than six months later, I started my podcast. And it was just crazy what boxes I tried to force myself into. So that church context was very um, much our way or the highway. And if you want to fit in or if you want (laughs) God to be happy with you, here's how you're supposed to live. My core fear was that God was going to abandon me and walk away um, and just be done. Wash his hands of me if I just didn't listen or something. So the, the contrast now, I'm in a church community where differences are welcome. Like, we don't all have to agree exactly on everything. Um, my voice is valued, and it still surprises me sometimes when my opinion is asked for, like, oh, yeah, this is what I think. Um, I've been a year ago, I was invited to join the speaking team, also, and my husband and I lead the kids' ministry, which is just crazy. Um, one of the things that stands out in this church that we are a part of now is the love that's unreservedly and unconditionally given. It's not like, Hey, we'll help you out as long as you come back to church or we'll help you. If you, then you're part of our club or, you know, like there's, there's no agenda. It's just so real care for people. And I'm still learning to trust, even in a, even in an environment like that, where I feel mostly safe. Sometimes I'm like, am I, am I okay here? And legit, I want to throw a tantrum sometimes like a toddler. Like if I threw out that I believed this or believed that, or if I just like went off, would I still be okay here? Would I be welcomed here? Like, I want to test the boundaries and the limits to make sure that (laughs) that actually I am safe. Um I don't think I've done that yet but it's still like tempting to want to test like are these people still trustworthy? Um so it's been a journey. We've been part of that church for 2 years and still growing and learning what it's so like to be part of a healthy community.
0: So your journey is like relatively new.
1: Is yeah. that right? Wow, yeah. that's amazing.
0: I I love that you said differences are accepted and welcomed even and I I didn't really realize until you were talking about this that I kind of had something like this too, where um, maybe differences in my church family growing up were not so blatantly disagreed upon or so blatantly like looked down upon, but it was kind of like a hush hush, I guess, kind of like type of thing. And this might maybe me projecting too. I'm just thinking, but processing it as we're talking, but. I definitely had that fear going to, um, a new church here in California when we moved. And my husband actually was the one who kept pushing us to go to this church. And I was pretty kind of resistant, like not, not because of the church, but because of my past probably. And I would always tell him like, when we would, you know, miss a few weeks and then we would go, I would be like, Oh, I'm like a little nervous to go. Like, I'm a little nervous. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, are people even going to like want us to still come. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, they're so accepting. He had that same realization that you're, you had right. Where he was like, oh my God, like he grew up um, Catholic. And so he was like, used to church being something that he didn't like. He, it was also in Spanish. So he was like, I tuned it out the entire time. Like I didn't really resonate with church at all. And then when we went to this church with my mom, he was like, oh my God, like everybody Loves everyone. Everyone's so accepting. Everyone here is very different. It's just a lot of love that you could feel in that building. And yeah, I had a little resistance being like, um, like, am I going to be safe here? (laughs) Like, am I like, are people going to like say something, not to my face, but behind my back, say something like, oh, like they come every once in a while, but they're not really committed or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the reason I want to touch on that is because maybe if you weren't um if you're listening and you're not you didn't grow up in a very strict very like um black and white type of um scenario that she's depicting here is like okay our way is the highway if you don't if you disagree you're out basically or you can't disagree or you can't even question even if you didn't grow up like that there may have been subtle you know nuances or hush hush things under the under the table where you may have still felt that type of like judgment. Um, and I think it's worth re-exploring and this can apply to anything, not just church, but it can apply to anything. People tell me this actually a lot when they talk about the gym. So when I was a trainer, people would say like, Oh, I didn't want to reach back out because, you know, I really fell off and I wasn't able to do this. And I'm like, well, that's exactly why I have a job is to like, help you get back on and help you, you know, restart or help you just integrate it better this time, you know, whatever it is. So it's like that unconditional love is something that I think we all struggle with. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I love what you just said. Like, that's why we're here. Like, that's why a trainer's here. That's why a coach is here Mm -hmm. is because we know what it's like to struggle and we know what it's like to have somebody else believe in us. And that's what we want to do for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can you talk about the link between God, church and worthiness and how you had that realization? I know you talked about, you were talking about it with someone else, a younger um, woman and how you had that realization where you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to teach. But can you kind of break down how worthiness comes from God and then also how we can embody that worthiness and really feel like, Yes, I am worthy of everything that I desire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Two questions. Uh <laughs> so sorry. Sometimes no, I know no, you're good. I do questions. it all the time.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so the link to God, God, I believe God created us. He made us intentionally and on purpose, for a purpose, um, with and there's a song called Mistakes, and I always forget who wrote it, but or who sings it, but it's like it says, God, you didn't make mistakes. You don't make mistakes, and you didn't start with me. Like God didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake with your personality or who you are, your quirks, or your the way your brain works, or any of that is not a mistake. And we've been created in the image of God. You might have heard, may have heard the term like Imago Day, created in the image of God. And that basically is. All of our humanness, like all of our who we are on a soul level, has been created by God. And we have been created to love others and to love God. And I believe we're enough. And I believe that God looks at you as enough. Not that we have to, like, now we're enough and now we have to figure it all out. And we're never allowed to have hard days and we're not allowed to rely on other people kind of enough. But like, we are enough to love enough to be valued. And I think it's really important, especially for those of us who do believe in God and follow Jesus to know that it's okay to say I'm worthy and I'm enough because a lot of times the church messaging, like I referenced earlier is like, you're supposed to think you're so horrible. And that's the only way that grace works is you're so terrible, you know, and it's not that it's that you're so valuable that God loves you. And he moved heaven and earth to be with you. And that was that it was his demonstration of love towards you. And I believe that even the Bible demonstrates or shows us that God loves us, even if we don't believe the same way as someone else. And that is key and crucial for us as Christians to value other people, not just to have relationship with them, to get them to change their beliefs or to get them to see the world, the way that we do, we have to value and love others the way that God does. And this is kind of feeding into that second question, where we, you projection, where we project our fears on other people, Like we can't say that they could believe that and still be loved. We can't say that they would, they can believe that and still be worthy because deep down inside, we don't believe that we would be worthy or loved unless we toe the line, whether that, like you said, whether it's black and white beliefs, or there's just a couple in whatever category that is like the must haves. And I do believe in truth, but like we, we have to be careful that we're not tying our identities to our beliefs. And uh, then we project on other people and are like, well, you're not worthy because we have an insecurity inside of us that says, if I did that, if I acted that way, if I talked that way, I would not be enough. When enoughness is something that's inherently part of us, which is that God peace, like we have inherent value and worth by our maker and our creator. So maybe you can tell me again that question, the second question. I want to make sure I get it. I have some ideas, but.
0: Yeah. Just like, I think you explained it beautifully, like God worthiness, where that comes from. And then like, how do we start to embody that full worthiness? Like that's a huge concept that I talk about a lot in my work and we talk about it, um, from the context of body, but you know, as I teach about self-love and loving your body, just as it is right now, it expands everywhere because I always say this, like the way we show up one place is the way we show up everywhere. So how do we start to embody that? How do we start saying like, okay, just as I am right now, no matter what I've done in my past, no matter what uh, sins I've committed or, you know, what my body looks like or what my business is doing or what my career is doing, how am I still worthy right this second? And how can Mm -hmm. I, how can I get there? How can I get to that mental place?
1: Yeah. Okay. So The process that I use in my coaching is like, first, we start with the words that we're saying, because I think it's the most accessible place. Like what words are we speaking over ourselves? Are we saying, oh, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Like, there's so many reasons we might be saying that, but what words we use matter so, so much. So we start with our words. Like, what do we want to believe? We want to believe that we are enough and maybe we know it's true but part of us is still resistant. So start with some affirmations, affirmations, like I am enough. I matter. My needs matter. Uh, I am allowed to rest. My worth and my value are not in what I produce or what I contribute. I am inherently valuable. Like start with some, some affirmations. And then the second layer is our beliefs. We have to get down to what we believe, like, because our beliefs fuel the, thoughts, words, and actions that follow. So what belief is underneath there? That belief that maybe you're not enough unless you are producing. Maybe the belief that people are going to leave you if you're not producing or if you're not measuring up. So I'm I'm using like the productivity side. You can apply this to anything, whether it's your size of your body or what you're putting in your mouth or um, how you're showing up or what you're believing, like anything will apply here. So First words, beliefs, and then we, we have to get down to the core fear that's underneath that. And this is something that you can do by yourself. I think you can do it, like place your hand on your heart or wherever you're feeling it in your body. You can do this with a coach and with a therapist, like get down to what your body is asking for, what your inner child is asking for, like what deep down. Like we can speak truth to the surface and then we need to speak truth to the bottom layer too. Like, what does your heart need to hear? Like, it might be that same affirmation, but on a soul level, like I am enough or I am here for myself. People, not everyone's gonna leave me if I be myself. I'm gonna attract people that value me when I value myself. So getting down, starting with affirmations, then our belief. And then that core fear, like what, um, what can we do to speak truth and love to that pain or that shame spot inside of us? Well, you can apply that to everything. You can do that daily, um, and see what comes up for you. That would be a, a beautiful way to start owning your worthiness. I
0: love that you broke that down like that because it is so good. So to break it down again for you guys, so we can like concise it because I know it can be confusing and it can be overwhelming when we start to like, start to uncover these things. So the first one that you gave was. Or words, words, right? Affirmations. Everyone knows that, right? Affirmations for me were really, really big, but even more than affirmations, removing certain words from my dialogue, like broke was a big one I had to remove, broke. Stupid. I can't believe I did that. Like, you know, things like that, where we're just putting ourselves down. So, even as much as affirmations, we have to also remove that negative self talk. And we do it so much more than I think we realize. Second one. So, wordings. Second one was beliefs. So, what is that belief? And that can look like, like you said, is someone going to leave me because I'm not showing up in this specific way for them. Or um, there was another one I thought of when you were talking about that, and I can't remember it now, but beliefs. And then the last one was what's underneath that belief, which is fear. Most of our beliefs are driven by fear, which drive the way that we act. So wording, beliefs, fear. And the fear is probably like the hardest one I feel like to uncover because the deepest layer, but Mm -hmm. it definitely is like to give you guys an example, I was speaking with someone this weekend and she was saying that she was having a conversation with someone and she was a little bit nervous to that the person wasn't responding in their normal way, right? So she sent a text that she couldn't show up for this person in a specific way and because she was busy and the person didn't respond how they normally did. So she was worried, right? Oh my gosh, maybe I hurt their feelings or maybe like, You know, do you think she's really mad? Should I talk to her? And I said, well, let's like take her out of it, right? Because her emotions are her own emotions. She can deal with those. Let's deal with yours. Why are you nervous that you may have upset her? Or why are you nervous, not about her, but why are you nervous that something you did that you were acting in a way that you just explained to me? was totally within valuing yourself, right? giving time to yourself, being able to be there for your kids, whatever it is, and prioritizing you, why are you nervous that that would now upset this person? What is behind that nervousness? Because nervous is just fear, right? So unpacking that with her, she's like, oh, I think because I'm nervous or fearful that if I don't give all my time or all of myself to this person then then I will not be valued. And maybe they'll leave, or maybe they'll freeze me out for a little while, you know, and it doesn't always have to be this whole, like, leave gone, they're out of your life. But it could be that they don't show up for you, or that they freeze you out for a few days, or that they start acting in a different way toward you, right? Those modalities can all shit all be different. But we have to uncover that fear and what's underneath it. And I think that's the it's hard. It's really hard. And having a sounding board, like you mentioned, a therapist, um, a group or a coaching program or whatever it is, even with yourself, if you can really get in deep and find like, what do I actually need? And then like you said, then giving love to that inner child. And this is what I love about religion as I've been exploring other religions and studying other, um, other religious texts, just because I'm interested in it. Um, which was also a hurdle for me because I'm like, um, am I allowed to like study Buddhism? But it's so interesting to me because it is—it's so synonymous. Like all, not all religious texts, but at least the ones that I've studied. Like as I study Buddhism and their practices, so similar to to what God actually is saying. It's just like in Buddhism, they talk about um, mindfulness and giving love to this piece that is bothering you or giving love to a good situation or whatever it may be. And it's mindfulness, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about is giving love to that inner child and saying, I hear you. Tell me more. What's your real fear? And how can I give you love?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. I would add to that too. um, It might take time to even hear something. And the same goes with God. Sometimes it feels like there's like what is going on? There feels like a disconnect, but the same thing with our inner child, or when we're trying to get to those wounds, be patient with yourself. It might not be right away. It might not be something that, um, is like a flashing light thing. It just might be you offering compassion to yourself. And over the course of time, you'll, you'll discover something really valuable or something that, was a past pain that you can work through that right now feels really cloudy. So don't rush it.
0: I love that you mentioned that too. Cause yeah, I think a lot of times what happens on this podcast is I'm talking to people that have done a lot of work. And so it sounds very easy when we're talking about it, right? It sounds very flowy. Oh, just uncover the fear and like what's underneath it all, right? But sometimes you're like, you're right. That fear is not very prevalent. And we've repressed or re- repressed it or suppressed it for so long that it's very, very cloudy. And it's like, oh, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. And we love to play that. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. We know, but sometimes we have suppressed it for so long that it's very hard to see. So I think quieting the mind is like a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I want to ask you too, what is the biggest like resistance that you get? I know you spoke a lot of, we, I touched on a resistance a little bit at the beginning, but you get a lot, do you get, I guess, from seeing your work and from seeing your, um, your social media. And, um, I think what drives your work is previous resistance, but do you get resistance now? Maybe not only from, probably not from your church community that you're in now as the way you spoke of it but do you get resistance in other ways or from other people and what does that resistance look like and how do you handle that resistance okay that was like five mm-hmm. questions so sorry
1: you're good um that resistance um sometimes looks like not losing opportunities cuz people aren't yet open um i'm really excited to be on your podcast to be perfectly honest i love that it's not in the faith niche because I get a lot of resistance from there's a lot of different brands of Christianity, really where we all believe differently or we kind of believe we're all we're all following Jesus, but we believe that the way that you do that should be very different from the way that so-and so believes that. So I don't fit those boxes um, a lot of those boxes, but I fit some of the other ones. So then I'm like, where do I fit here? And I did spend a lot of time trying to decide, how real do I, <clears throat> like, how real do I be on social media? Like, who am I trying to speak to? Am I trying to speak to the past version of myself? Cause maybe she wouldn't be ready to hear this part or how do I, you know what I mean? Like who, how do I show up? How do I take up space? And it became a really unhealthy spot for me to be in, to try to gauge like where, what do I speak on? What do I talk about? What do I make sure I don't talk about? Cause it, it puts me back in that performative mm-hmm. place where I'm performing in order to for people to accept me. It's just followers in business, and it's so not good for me to operate in that space. So I have found that there are just as many people who are ready to hear this as there are not. And I think it was probably close to a year ago I started just saying, I'm ready for like more eyes on my business. Or um, I Want to attract people who are ready to do the work that way, they can meet me right where I'm at and I can meet them right where they're at, and maybe they are somebody who grew up in a context that I did, or maybe there's somebody who didn't, and I can help them both. so that I do get resistance from people who aren't ready to hear it. and I'm I've learned now to be okay with that um, so that I don't have to filter who I am in any spaces.
0: I am obsessed with this answer because it is so true. I think we spend a lot of time filtering and a lot of time asking ourselves like where do I fit in? Like in you can even apply this to social media, right? And what you were speaking on is like where do I fit in in this space? Like where do I fit in? Why am how am I different? And I think those are important questions to ask, but not at the cost of filtering ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And Yeah. And once you like let go of that, it's just so good because then like you just, your point exactly was there's so many, there's just as many people that are ready to hear what I'm going to say than are not. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: if they're not ready to hear that, then maybe they're not the right client or maybe they're not the right person to follow me. That's why I always talk about like losing followers. If we're talking about social media here, or losing friends, if we're not talking about social media, losing people in your life, like sometimes that is a great thing, especially Mm -hmm. when we're talking about people that don't align or that people that um, aren't ready to hear the message that we're saying. And yeah, that's like, I used to spend so much time filtering, like, oh, maybe if I like, I need to say it this way or that way, or, you know, what if I'm not including this person and, you know, a past version of myself that you spoke on as well, like, I don't want to attract a past version of me because she would have been like, no, I don't want (laughs) want to hear that. She would have been so resistant.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And Uh, I'm so glad I have to just say this too, is I'm so glad you're on the podcast because I, re- I think I reached out to you maybe at, because I saw your thing, I think. And I was like, or when I asked you to be on the podcast, I was like, I hope that she says yes, because my podcast has a lot of profanity in it. I'm trying to at least filter myself a little bit for you, but I,
1: don't like,
0: care. You're um, good. I was like, I hope she comes on because I feel like this is such a good topic that I feel like a lot of people can resonate with. So thank you mm-hmm. for coming on. Thank you for being open thank You for coming. Seriously. You're welcome.
1: You know what's really cool? Um, I was just telling my sister last week. I was um, there was a gal I was talking to, and she made me nervous because I wasn't sure how churchy she was, and I still get nervous. And <laughs> I was telling my sister, she like she said, she said, You're a badass, and she said something else about like somebody needs to get their shit together. And I was like, I was so glad that she cussed because then I like felt okay. And I was like, I should probably do that more because like my pastor cusses and like these different people in my life. I'm like, oh yeah, we're not too, we're not, we're not too high and mighty. And so it's just like, I don't know. It's good.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. That's something that I really love about the church that we have been going to here in California is that like tattoos are accepted. Like people with tattoos are are fine. Wearing a hat to church is okay. Like that wasn't okay for us growing up, you know, like nope. wearing a t-shirt is totally fine. Coming in late is fine. Like we're just happy that you're here at all. And like, I think that's such a, a good thing is like being really accepting and being very open, but yes, I was a little bit like, Oh, I hope she says yes. But, and even preparing for today, I was like, okay, I hope that, you know, like, am I going to like, what can I ask her or like, I have to make sure I'm good or whatever, or like, I wonder if I should cuss or not. And then I was like, no. like she's coming on your podcast. Like you're going to amplify her voice, but you also have to be yourself, or else it's going to be a weird podcast.
1: Yes, <laughs> totally. I love that I don't know. I love the realness of this conversation. like we we all still struggle with like, hey, I want to be accepted. I want to be in this person's space. How much? am I going to be too much for that person? Mm. Or am I going to be not enough if I'm not cussing or in this space or like, you know what I mean? Where we like, we're all doing this game in our head and it's exhausting. So we should cut it out because like you said earlier, and we've alluded to it twice, but I'll say it in a new way. We are magnetic. We as human beings are magnetic. We attract the right people to us when we are being our true selves, but magnets also repel. You will repel the people who do not value you, or maybe that you're just not their thing. You're just not their vibe. It has nothing to do about you or them. You're just like, you're not meant to be um, besties or collaborating and that's okay. And we all can be okay with that. Yes. Such
0: a good point with that too, is that like, if you've ever had, you know, a group of friends and obviously you probably have somebody in that group of friends that you're very, very close to and that you just immediately met and you clicked, right. I have friends like that. I also have friends that it took me a while to warm up to, and that's okay too. And then I also have people in my community that they're close in my community, but I just, for some reason, we just don't vibe like this. And that is okay. I had a really like expanding the podcast community. I had to really realize that it was okay that I'm not BFFs with every fucking person in that community. It is okay. Like mm-hmm. it is okay. If I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I have nothing bad to say about her. I think she's doing great. I value her being in this community, but I don't want to like be friends with her outside of this community. Like that's okay too. I don't have mm-hmm. to be besties with everybody.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: If people you mentioned, obviously you're, business, your coaching business, and you also work in the church, but if people are like, hey, I'm really resonating with this and you know, I grew up in the same way, or some of the things that you were saying resonate in a different way for me, how can someone get in your space? How can someone work with you? What do you have going on?
1: Yeah. I have multiple ways to work with me. I have one-on-one options. If you're ready to go deep, if you're ready to just own your worthiness in every area of your life. I would love to work with you for a whole year. I have group programs. If you're just there, if you're like, give me the tools, I want to know how to own my worth. And I kind of want to, I want a little bit of help and support in a group. I got that for you. Um, and what I would love to do is send people to my website, Emily K Lewis. That's Emily, the letter K and L O U I S dot com forward slash confident AF. And I will have a page there with resources that I think will be specifically, um, an encouragement to your listeners. So I have, um, a worthiness meditation that I think they will love. And I'll link to that on that page. So all of it will be there. I'll link to my podcast, abundant grace on that page too. Again, that's Emily K forward slash confident AF.
0: Yes. And I'll have it linked for you guys in the show notes. And I just want to say a huge thank you, not only for me, but from everybody listening, thank you for doing that. Because I think navigating like, wait, I'm not super religious or maybe I didn't grow up in, in this way, but I, you can still benefit from what we're talking about is worthiness and confidence. So mm-hmm. thank you for, for sending that over. I saw that on your questionnaire too. I was like, oh my God, no one has ever done that. So I was like, that is seriously so helpful. So thank you. And that'll be linked in the show notes for you guys along with her Instagram, anything that she has going on. I'll link everything for her, um, and then the last piece, unless you have something else, do you want to touch on anything else?
1: No, I think Yay. we're good
0: okay, yeah. so we're gonna do a rapid fire questions sweet, okay. I usually like pull some of these out of my hat, so um, if I pause her a little bit, that's why. but um, let's start off with the easy one. What is your favorite food?
1: Oh, my goodness, um. That should be easy. Like my favorite dinner meal would be like chicken fried steak.
0: Ooh. Brown yes. gravy. Midwest girlies. Stand up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, But you're in mountain time, so you're not really in the Midwest, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the West. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'm, a, I'm, a Midwest, I'm like a Midwest mixed with South, mixed with California girl now. So I, I identify with all things, but country fried steak. I Wait, did you say chicken fried steak or country fried steak?
1: Yeah, both. I mean, both. I think they're the same thing.
0: Are they? Okay. That, I haven't had that in a long time and now it sounds really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your go-to coffee order?
1: I don't drink coffee. And I always oh, feel like that's something gosh. I should say like up front when I meet people like, yo, I don't <laughs> like coffee. Can we still be friends? But um, I just had a white chocolate chai latte. I like, never had the white chocolate with the chai before. It was amazing. And I will be getting that again.
0: That sounds delicious. So everyone, you should probably try that. I love a try The spice. Mm, Yum. Mm -hmm. So what is your go-to drink order?
1: Do you drink alcohol? I don't prefer it. Honestly, like Mike's is probably the, like my go-to. Okay. Okay. Good. Love that.
0: Yeah. I was um saying on like the last few guests that that used to be one of my biggest questions is like what's your go-to bar drink but so many of the people i think it's because we're like up leveling and grinding so many people don't drink alcohol so many people on my podcast mm. don't drink alcohol and um i think that's beautiful i've really really cut back on um any type of drinking and i i'm i haven't drank hard liquor in a long long time and as you can see i have like an embroidered tequila bottle over here because I love tequila, but I just can't, I'm like, I'm getting older and I have too much to do. So no, um, okay. So if you're going to the movies, what, if you still go to the movies or if you're at home watching a movie, what type of candy are you bringing?
1: Oh, hot tamales um, and popcorn in your popcorn. Yes. Have you ever uh, tried that?
0: I haven't, but I'm not a huge hot tamale person. Okay. But I, I do like
1: them. It's I don't know. I think it's says nostalgia.
0: Yeah. There's certain candies that are only like only at the movies we eat them, but they're so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Great. I love that. Okay. Um, what is your best Amazon purchase this month?
1: Oh. Probably a go-to book. I've just ordered it for a bunch of people. Uh, The Gift of Being Yourself. By David Benner. Will be sacred, linked. The sacred, oh, uh, the sacred journey to self-discovery, something like I that. I love is that. Learning. It's so good.
0: That is such. Uh, that was going to be my next question: Is what are you currently reading? But you've already read mm. that. I'm assuming since you've given it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. um What am I currently reading? uh I'm reading How to Human by Carlos Whitaker.
0: Ooh, I love that too. Yeah. Okay, those will both be linked down below on the Amazon Fun. storefront for you guys. Um, I'm a big book advocate, so I love this. I love that question. And then um, lastly, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now? What it, What would you be doing? Like, I'm going to change this question just now as I thought of it. No, I'm not. I was going to say, what is your dream career? But I'm pretty sure most people that I have on this podcast are probably living mm-hmm. their dream career. Mm-hmm. So let's switch it back.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: If you weren't
1: doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? So on a soul level, I know that like one of like who I am and one of my purposes is to empower women. And right now I get to do that through worthiness coaching and podcasting. Um, but I love birth like childbirth so much. So I would be a doula and empower women through birth.
0: Love 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 that. That is such an empowering thing. Mhm. I'm actually talking to a doula right now that I met through a friend from the podcast as well and I'm going to have her on as well. And then if you guys um haven't listened to Dr. Jen's episode, she is a birthing e- efficacy uh, she's a doctor of birthing e- efficacy. Oh my gosh. Her podcast was so hard for me because I was like, I do not know the correct terms for this at all. Um, (laughs) But if you guys haven't listened to her, I'll link her episode down below. And it's really great.
1: Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for coming. I seriously appreciate it. Thank you for giving me your time, everything. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open and just sharing your light. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alicia. It was awesome.
0: Yes. Okay. So everything will be linked down below for her. If you guys found this helpful, please share it with a friend, tag us on social media. We'd love to see it. And you guys can follow us on Instagram at confident AF podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.